if you have electricity on in your house, you produce garbage. I was like, well, I still want to use lights, but I don't, I don't need, I don't put anything in the trash or recycling. That's like not a part of my life. Why would I pay for this? You can come take the bins away. I don't even need these. And they were like, no, you can't do that. And so it really made me realize more like how deeply ingrained we are at this point that people just think that trash in the landfill is just an unavoidable part of life. There's nothing we can do about it. And that is absolutely not true. The sun is coming up. Are you ready to go? We can take a ride. We can take it slow. Yo. It's your boy, Paul Fishman, self-love coach and you-do-you activist, excited to welcome you on the road to self-love. Each week, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest in my car as we travel, literally and figuratively, on the road to self-love. We're going to have very candid conversation about life, self-love, business, and so much more, all with the goal of giving you the tools that you need to learn how to love yourself unconditionally. I hope you're ready, so let's get buckled up, because here we go. Oh, hey, self-lovers. Welcome back to another episode of The Road to (laughs) Self-Love. I don't know where that came from. It just came out of me. (laughs) I am so excited for today's episode. This episode, when I recorded it, totally turned me on my head, blew my mind, and then just really... It was it's a it was it's a big big one, and I hope that you pay attention during this episode because it too is going to shift your perspective about how you can be an activist for Mother Earth. Today we are welcoming Corinne Loperfido onto the road. Now Corinne is a activist through and through. She is about women's rights. She's about equality. She is about zero waste honoring the land that we come from and protecting Mother Earth from things like plastic. So on this show, not only do we get the origin story of where Corinne came from, how she landed in this activism role, but she also gives a lot of tips and tricks of how to pull back the amount of waste that you, yes, you, create on a daily basis. So On the road, Corinne challenged me to do a waste audit, and I am going to challenge you to do the same. So here's what a waste audit looks like. Basically, you are tasked to save all of the trash that you create for one whole month. Yeah, so today is the end of October, so we can start November 1st through the end of November Save all of the trash that you create. And the thing about it is, is that this is all just like plastic waste, cans, really anything that you create, regardless of whether it's recyclable, because we're going to find out about recycling on this episode too, and how it's kind of like the wool being pulled over our eyes. I know, who would have thought? Who would have thought? But the reality is, is that us as humans, we do not have a choice any longer to Be ignorant to the amount of waste and things that we create that are just being shipped off out of sight, out of mind, right? But there are things that are coming into play like climate change and the poisoning of our oceans that we cannot neglect any longer. So with that being said, head over to Instagram because you are going to find a photo of my 
waste audit that I did. So I saved all of the trash that I personally created. You know, my partner, my husband, love him to death, but he was a little resistant to the waste audit. So I took care of the things that I created personally. It filled up around two and a half trash bags full. And I laid it all out and I took a picture of it just to show you all of the things that I created. So if you are as excited about the waste audit as I was, because it's really cool to be able to step back and take a look. And if you feel resistance, just notice the resistance. Notice the resistance. Just send me a DM on Instagram and let me know that you are committed to the waste audit. Or even better, screenshot this episode, share it to your Instagram stories, tag me at Paul Fishman and Corinne at Corinne Loperfido, and you spell that C-O-R-I-N-N-E-L-O-P-E-R-F-I-D-O, and say that you are committing to the November Waste Audit to just experience it. It's just really going to open up your mind. And Corinne talks about all of the things that you can do to make this as quote-unquote easy as possible on yourself on the show. So I'm excited for you to experience this mind-blowing episode and to welcome you on the road to self-love. So let's get buckled up and get ready because here we go. Welcome back to the road to self-love. It's your boy, Paul Fishman, self-love coach and you do you activist here today with the goddess herself, Corinne Loperfido. Now, Corinne, I am a new, new person in your whole stratosphere. And you just told me so many things that you're passionate about. But the first thing that I want to do is for me, self-love is just really all about owning who you are and and just introducing yourself as you would want to be introduced. I'm going to let you take the wheel when it comes to introducing yourself. Yeah, so I'm an artist and environmental activist and women's empowerment kind of like facilitator of events. And uh, I have been a very self-expressed person my whole life and not really, gratefully, was not subject to the oppressive kind of Christian or other religious beliefs that might lead me to think that I need to be a certain type of way in order to be worthy. And so I feel like that had a huge influence on me to, to not have those kind of outside influences and just be able to be my own self. And, you know, not that my parents were always excited about my crazy outfits and, you know, they're like, Oh, we don't want you to get made fun of. And I'm just like, listen, this is who I am. If people want to make fun of me, well, that's their problem. And like, I ultimately am not doing what I do, living the way I live and looking the way that I look to please anybody else. So, you know, my friend gave this great piece of advice one time, something that you can do to check in when you're feeling some kind of energy or getting overwhelmed by something is you can just stop and like think about the moment and energetically become aware and like point to yourself. You don't have to really point to yourself, but just like me, not me. And be like, what am I bringing to the table and what are other people bringing to the table? And so I feel like that's a really good tip for people to kind of not take on the judgments and expectations of other people as much. Because you're like, what am I bringing to this situation? 
you know, love, compassion, understanding, non-judgment, whatever, you know, whatever the situation is. But if we're talking about self-love, you know, I'm just like, I don't have a problem with myself. I mean, sure, we all have things we want to work on about ourselves, but fundamentally, I'm not buying into this capitalist, patriarchal kind of conditioning of you are unworthy unless you look a certain way, buy a certain thing, have a certain status, whatever. And so I feel like because I was never, you know, that, that didn't take over and like dominate my psyche. I've been able to be much more expressed in myself, um, because I don't buy into that whole shame culture. And Mm. that comes out in my work, the way that I dress, the parties that I do, the way that I hold space and facilitate, um, you know, sharing circles on different topics that are all about shame and stigma and kind of like breaking that apart and being like, wait, let's all just talk about our real feelings and the real situation. Like, do we actually feel this way or have we been brainwashed to think this way? So yeah, I'm grateful that I was able to have the conditions I had so that I can help other people kind of come into that realization for themselves as well. I'm obsessed with you already. This is so beautiful. You're you're basically at the end of the journey that I take all of my clients on. Like mm. you're 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 self-realized, you know who you are and you're okay with that and that's so beautiful. So, I just want to like lean into this full full blown because what I would love is would what are like three actionable like easy to do things that people who are listening to being like oh I want that I want that I want that I loved the me not me but are there some other things that you can recommend that are like easy just like front of mind things for people to to just like embody who they are and embrace themselves well I think the first thing you have to do is get really clear on what actually matters to you what you're passionate about and what feels true for you Mm -hmm. and remove yourself from what society thinks from what your parents think even like what your partner your friends might think and be like but what moves me what makes me feel alive what makes me feel in my body you know what motivates me what inspires me instead of being like oh well the movies say that I should like this or that or my parents really want me to get married and have babies or go to college or you know my parents wanted me to be an orthodontist Clearly that did not happen. And it was like, why did they want that? Because they're like, oh, well, she could make good money and like be secure. And it wasn't about like, you know, following your passions or living in a way that was in alignment with your values. It was like, oh, this, they didn't push it on me, but just even that idea that they would be like, oh, this would be a good job for this person. I'm like, why would you ever think that would be a good job for me? I've always been like a very colorful, expressed you know, just like loud and rambunctious person. And so, you know, to me, it seemed natural that I would become an artist. And that's why I went to school for graphic design, because I was like, okay, that's like a halfway point. Like that's kind of like a jobby job, but I can still be creative within it. And so I think that listening to yourself, regardless of what anyone else thinks as a starting place, you have to be like, what is my actual truth? Because when you zoom out and realize that there are just so many people alive on this earth and so many different ways of being that whatever you think and believe, there's certainly hundreds or thousands or even millions of people that feel that same way as you. Mm. And they might not be your parents and your best friends currently, but know that however you feel, whatever trauma you've experienced, whatever bliss you've experienced, there are other people that have experienced that too. And that 
you know, there's no one narrative and no one way to be. And so by not trying to put yourself in a box, you're going to be way closer to finding your version of happiness and what that looks like because you're not trying to impress someone else. Mm, I love that. That's really powerful advice. And I'm pretty sure you've rocked some worlds Mm. already. So what would you say you're most passionate about? Like if you had to answer that question, what would you say? Um, I mean, that's always changing because as I grow and evolve and learn and get exposed to new things, I'm, I'm always, you know, shifting that. But Mm -hmm. the tip I've been on, so I went to school for graphic design, then was doing like underground DIY performance art events and, and then started doing like women's empowerment events. And then after I go to, in the summertime, I go to this women's only camping gathering called spirit weavers Mm -hmm. in Southern Oregon. And it's like 700 women in the woods, all about primitive skills and healing and spirituality. And just like women coming together and healing the wounds of being out there in the world and figuring out how we can like support each other and teach each other how to be more connected to the earth and to ourselves. And so I took a class from my friend who has a podcast called for the wild. Her name is Ayana young. And in the class, it was like, uh, it was about mushrooms and the forest and, you know, being connected to the earth. And, and at the end of class, everyone circled up and she was like, okay, everyone say one thing you're going to do for the planet. And, and in the course of that class and, and just in going to spirit weavers and getting connected to more women and to more people that were doing things to be aware and protective of the earth, um, that really kind of sparked me to change my ways. And that's what put me on the tip of zero waste and minimalism, which we'll get into as well. So I think that like the way that the patriarchy uses resources coming from the place of power and of male power and domination, this is mine. I want it. I'm taking it. That mentality is what has gotten us to this place where women are oppressed and don't know how to use their voices because they live in fear of being raped or, you know, not having opportunities or broken up with or whatever it is, you know, like we live in a man's world and that's definitely changing. And so I like to be a part of helping women find their voice and find their power and, and not just be like sheep in this system of like continuing to give men the power and agency. Um, because I feel like we need to come back into balance within the genders because everyone has something to offer. And why should any one person say like, oh, this is how we're going to call the shots. And so how that relates to the earth is that that same, the same tenets of patriarchy and capitalism that are the accumulation of resources, material wealth, power and control. We exercise those same values in the way that we extract resources from the earth and use whatever we want, consume whatever we want. And there's really not that much social stigma. In fact, the opposite, we're encouraged to be consumers because consuming is what keeps this machine running. Mm -hmm. And so by empowering women and by making people aware of the programming, the toxic programming of capitalism and to be like, no, actually we are earth. We are all worthy of love and we are all worthy to have a voice and to stand up for ourselves. That is also going to inspire people to care more about the earth because they're not just blindly following this programming of consumption, but they're like, I'm taking responsibility for standing up for myself and I'm taking responsibility to stand up for this place where we live, the earth, which is really in bad shape right now because Mm -hmm. of our actions. Yeah, that is, um, that just hits real, real close for me. And and I really appreciate you doing the work and, and I hope that by me being able to give you this platform that it's, 
it's going to further your ability to do the work and I'm just excited to learn from you. So let's lean into the whole concept of zero waste and, and really just like the, so for me, you know, I'm aware of consumers and I'm aware of like plastic and I'm aware of these things. And like, I, I have my bamboo straws and I do my best to keep my fork with me and mm-hmm. like, and doing the small things like that. And I, I find that, and this might just be a story that I'm telling myself, but a lot of the reason why people don't do it is because it comes, becomes very overwhelming. And we think that it's like an all or nothing because that's kind of how we've been conditioned. You, you have it all or you don't have anything. So what would you say to the person who, like me, who I just like, I'm just like, I could be doing more, but like I use my silicone reusable bags and I, I do my best. So what would you say to me? Make me feel better. Like how to, I mean, you just have to ask yourself before you make any decision, what does the earth think about this? Mm. Like, okay, yeah, I want this kombucha. Well, what's going to happen to this glass bottle and this plastic lid and this plastic sticker that's around the kombucha? And what about all the fossil fuels to like deliver this thing from wherever it was manufactured? And then is recycling even a thing? Like, is this thing going to get recycled or is it going to actually just end up in a landfill? So when you think about all that stuff, then ask yourself, what does the earth think about this? You know, you might be like, "Mm, do I really need this thing? Because yes, we all have needs and wants and desires and living in this system there, at least, you know, I'm speaking as like an American, I don't know if I would call myself middle-class, but like, you know, a person that can afford to buy a kombucha if I wanted to do Mm -hmm. that. And so, um, you know, just the fact that we have all these options, I always think about this. I really need to look up the exact quote, but it's from Jurassic Park when Jeff Goldblum is talking about the dinosaurs and he's like, you know, you figured out how to make the dinosaurs, but you didn't stop and ask yourself, should we do this? Mm. And so I think of that so much because it's like, yeah, what did they do? They were like, oh, we can make dinosaurs. Let's do this. Let's make a park. Let's do all this. And then like all hell breaks loose. And it's like with this idea of disposability and consumerism and just like convenience, which is really the war that we need to be fighting is the war on convenience because the earth was not meant to just give us everything we want whenever we want because we felt like it. Previously, just a few hundred years ago, our ancestors had to work really hard to cultivate food or find food or keep animals and like take care of all of the things that they had in their life because they couldn't just go over down to Target and get a new thing. They didn't have Amazon Prime as we literally pass an Amazon Prime delivery vehicle on our drive. You know what I mean? Like we didn't have these things as a part of our life up until extremely recently. And we act like trash is an inevitable part of life, which it absolutely is not. And so when I was doing this project last year of not buying things or creating trash for a year based on this, I was inspired by this movie called the clean bin project where this couple, they were, they were like, okay, let's see if we can do this. Like who can create the least amount of trash in a year and we can't buy anything unless it's like absolutely necessary for work. And so in the process of doing this, I was like, okay, well, I'm not creating trash or recycling anymore. I just, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And I was like, I want to keep my compost, the green bin, which, you know, the city would pick up the compost and yard waste. Cause I was still creating food scraps, making food, but I wanted to cancel my trash and recycling. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe I can save some money. I'm not even using these services. So am I paying for this? And I called the city and they were like, no, you cannot cancel your trash and recycling. It's tied to your electricity. And basically what they were telling me is that if you have electricity on in your house, you produce garbage. 
I was like, well, I still want to use lights, but I don't, I don't need, I don't put anything in the trash or recycling. That's like not a part of my life. Why would I pay for this? You can come take the bins away. I don't even need these. And they were like, no, you can't do that. And so it really made me realize more like how deeply ingrained we are at this point that people just think that trash in the landfill is just an unavoidable part of life. There's nothing we can do about it. And that is absolutely not true. And so what I have done is looked at all of my patterns and habits. And really the main thing is analyzing your needs versus wants and being like, okay, so do I need this kombucha right now? Or do I want it? Is there another way? Okay. Well, I can make my own kombucha. Well, as a traveling person, that's not really practical. I only live in a house for half the year. The other half I'm traveling in my van. So yeah, maybe I could make my own kombucha, but maybe I don't want to. And then it's like, okay, well, there is kombucha on tap some places. And if you could find a place that carried like local kombucha that was like on the tap where they're refilling it, that would be a lot less wasteful than these single use bottles that are getting thrown away. And so I'm just using that as an example because it's like one thing. But so then it changed my relationship to kombucha. It wasn't just this thing that I got to have whenever I felt like it. It was like, okay, well, these are the circumstances in which you can have this that are not going to create, you know, I'm not going to say no waste because there's definitely, there's always waste involved in things, whether it's like organic waste or even, you know, getting things at, in the bulk section, like that stuff probably comes in a giant plastic bag. Mm -hmm. So it's like working within this urban system as a person that my job requires me to travel very frequently for different gigs that are happening in different cities. It's not like I report to a place every day. It's like, okay, at this month, um, over here, there's this festival and you have to like bring all this stuff. And, and then, then you're going to have a few months where you're working on this over here. And so I try and figure out how to be the most efficient with my resources as I can, as far as like gas and stuff. And then also with food consumption, cause that's like where most people create the most trash is yeah. in their food consumption, whether it's grocery shopping, eating out delivery, you know, like everything comes in packaging and everything is served to you in this convenient way. And so I had to be like, do I need that? Well, that's why I did the project of not, of removing myself from that system for a year, for a year. And then I found other ways to be, which was like, I go to the farmer's market and I try and go to like the local co-op that's going to be having food that's traveled a shorter distance instead of like going to whatever grocery store might, you know, have food that's picked before it's ripe and like shipped across the world just so that I can have fresh tomatoes every day of the year. Um, and so by analyzing where things come from, how far they've gone and like, do I actually need this thing or do I just want this thing? That's really helped me get clear on like, what would the earth want me to do? Because if more people could ask themselves, what does the earth want me to do? Then they're going to be a lot more likely to make decisions that are conscious of the environment instead of just like, well, this is available. It already exists. I'm going to buy it. It's like, well, every time you buy something like that, you creating a demand. The company is like, oh, people are buying this. Let's, uh, let's keep making it. People are, it's selling. And so by not buying it, we are divesting our money from these companies that want to keep us locked into like debt and consumerism and perpetual convenience and consumption, because that is making their pockets fatter, but it's also making our water poisoned, our air unclean, you know, fracking to get more natural gas and oil, whatever it is that we need so that we can like have hot water when we want, get in our car and go to the movies. It's air conditioned, like all these different conveniences of modern life. They're just not actually realistic. They're not sustainable. 
and they don't bring us as much happiness as we think. And so mm-hmm. by removing yourself and analyzing it, you're able to kind of think about like, is this really the thing that I should be doing? Or is this just like what's in front of my face? Okay, 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 okay. Hold on one second. I had to pull over the self-love police. They were like, woo, woo, woo. Gotta learn how to love yourself a little bit more here, boyfriend. And yes, the police called me boyfriend. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. If you are hearing anything in this episode and you're like, wow, I want to dig a little bit deeper into learning how to love myself and I just have no idea where to start, if that's a question that's come up for you, what I would love for you to do is head on over to my website and take my free self-love quiz. Now, in this quiz, it is five questions. It's super easy, less than a minute to answer them, and it's going to give you the exact tool that is going to support you learning how to love yourself. So you don't have to do it alone anymore. You don't have to keep on guessing. This is going to tell you exactly what to do and I'm going to give you the resources to do it. So if you're ready to step into learning how to love yourself unconditionally, join me at paulfishman.love forward slash quiz. Take the quiz and find out the tool that is going to support you learning how to love yourself. And with that being said, the police said, all right, we'll give you a pass this time, but you better start learning soon. (laughs) Let's get back on the road. So I really, I really appreciate everything you said. And also like my mind starts spiraling because Mm -hmm. I understand like everything you say. Yes, it makes so much sense. And I'm thinking, and then I start feeling a little bit of shame and I'm telling myself a story that like it wanting to experience these conveniences is wrong. And, uh, and I would just love to know, like coming from the standpoint where, you know, not every, I don't see, I don't know how to say this, but I'm just going to say it. Not everyone has like the desire to really ask that question or really the understanding to even ask that question. So how do you as a very elevated under having a very elevated understanding of this and someone like me, who's like aware of the consumption, but kind of just like a little ignorant to it. Like how do you go about your everyday, like being okay with it? Like I would think that I would have a panic attack. I mean, at first when you start to change, like, you know, I started on January 1st being like, okay, this is it. Like, you're not going to buy any packaged food. Like going into the grocery store. Yes. It's very overwhelming because you're like, oh my God, like 90% of the grocery store is all packaged food. Mm -hmm. And then you see all these people just filling their carts up with packaged stuff, like even like healthy stuff. And they're, they think that they're doing the right thing. They're buying the like super food, you know, healthy, whatever kind of thing. And not thinking like which indigenous community had to suffer so that I could have these like rare nuts from the Amazon or goji berries or bananas or like whatever all these things are that like are non-native to the U.S. But we feel entitled to like have these products shipped, delivered to our door. You know what I mean? Any, any time of year, like we're not connected to the growing cycle. We're not connected to the farmers, like all of these things. It's all about convenience. And so, yes, a lot of people are like, well, I could never do that. And, and I was that way too. Like, I don't know. Did you ever see that article about the woman that like has all of the trash from a year fitting in her mm-hmm. jar? Yeah. So I saw that years ago and she has a store in New York called the package free shop. Mm-hmm. And she does like zero Support waste lectures them. and stuff. And so, but when I saw that article, I was like, wow, that's amazing. How crazy. Like, yeah, I could not do that. And it didn't even register to me that 
anybody could do that. They just have to like shift the way that they live and relate to shopping and what they buy. And so then it's like, okay, well now I go into a grocery store and I'm like, I don't even go to the middle aisle. First I go to the produce section. I'm like, okay, what can I get that's fresh unpackaged produce? Great. Let's start by looking at what's local and organic if I can afford that. But to me, I'm of the mindset that like, you know, I have like the free government healthcare, so I can't really rely on that too much. (laughs) And also, you know, we do not get enough exercise. We do not get enough sunlight. We are, our soil, the nutrients are totally depleted. So it's like, to me, like eating the best quality food that I can is the best thing that I can do for my body. And it's like the number one thing I want to spend my money on because food and water is literally what we are made out of. Mm -hmm. So why would I skimp on my food and water so that I could like go to forever 21 and buy a new skirt? You know, like when you really get clear on what are your needs versus wants, you're like, well, I need clean food and water Mm -hmm. and I don't need to have all these consumerist things. And so also there's other ways to get things that are more affordable and you don't need nearly as many things as you probably you know, we're told. So that's where the non-judgment thing comes in. It's like, yo, no one that's alive today invented capitalism and patriarchy. Hmm. That's been around. But we all are alive now and we all are living within this paradigm. And so what can we do to shift that? Because by not changing and continuing to just go to the grocery store and get whatever you want that's easy because you don't have enough time to make food because you're busy. You know what I mean? Yes, we do live in this world where people are too busy and they don't have time, but there's always ways to shift and make Mm -hmm. more time. Even the person that's like a single mom that has four kids that barely has any time to even like sleep that to me, like, yes, I acknowledge that that takes a lot of energy and that it's a lot harder for that person to be able to not buy things in packaging, but also I don't see that as an excuse of a free pass of like, oh, well, it's hard for you, so it doesn't matter that you make plastic because, you know, it's hard. It's like there are all ways in which we can be differently. For example, even like we've been taught that when you go to the grocery store, you get one of those plastic bags and you like put your one apple in a plastic bag. Mm. And it's like, no, (laughs) you actually don't need that. You're going to wash the apple before you eat it anyway and if you're not going to wash the apple, then you're probably one of those people that doesn't wash the apple. So it's like, hey, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's that's still your choice of how you want to live. People, people's hands, you know, have been touching that apple from the people that picked it to transported it to the stock boy that put it on the shelf to other people that were like feeling around groping all the apples, seeing which one they like the best. So it's like you putting it in a plastic bag to like put it in your bag to bring home is really not going to take away like any of whatever germs might be on it. So it's like reprogramming ourselves and seeing different ways of being and starting to take those actions, such as having your own water bottle, having your own fork, your own cloth napkin, you know, those are like basic things. But if you think about how many times a year you eat out or like get to go food, the amount of styrofoam and like, you know, bless her heart. The other day, a friend of mine was like going out and I was like helping her do something at home. And I was like, Hey, when you're out, can you grab me something to eat? I'll give you my containers. Cause I have like metal, you know, lunchbox containers that I use. I've been using and eat a lot of my meals out of those and just wash them and reuse them. And so she was like, uh, she kind of like, you know, didn't 
whatever, respond to the container thing. And I was like, okay, maybe she's going to go. I I don't really know what that means, but okay. <laughs> and, but then also I didn't get up and give it to her. So it was just like, maybe she was going to go to a place where they had compostable containers, but I don't even really believe in that mm-hmm. because that still took resources to cut down those trees or transport that paper pulp and break it down and make it into something. So I'm just all about like, things that already exist that you can like wash and reuse as opposed to like, Oh, I'm just going to compost this. And a lot of things have to be industrially composted. Yeah. Anyway, she shows up with this food as like a nice gesture. It was like a soup in a plastic cup, two or three different styrofoam containers with tin foil inside of them to like protect the tacos and all this stuff. And I was just like grateful, but also like, do you even know me? Yeah, do you even know me? Like, this is literally three times as much trash as I had made in this entire year. Wow. In, like, one takeout thing. So, you know, it's like these moments come in, and I wasn't going to be like, how dare you do this? I just kind of sat there and was like, you know what? It is what it is. This food is here. (laughs) You're going to eat it. And you should have gotten up and handed her the container, and you should have been more explicit. Mm. You know what I mean? And so it's like you can't expect people to be on your level, even though she's like, Oh yeah, you know, it's like not that zero ways. I'm like, no, it's literally the most wasteful thing that you could have ever like purchased for me. (laughs) But it's like other people just don't, they don't think about it and they're not in that practice. And so how to get people into the practice is like, start with things that you can control. Every single person can carry a fork, a spoon and a cloth napkin in a little pouch that lives in their car goes in their bike basket, stays in their backpack, goes in their purse, whatever it is. It's so minor. It's so easy. Everybody can carry their own water bottle. These are things that you can, that you already probably have in your house or things that you could get at the thrift store for like under $5. So there's no economic access to resources excuse for anybody on this earth. Even if you only have access to a plastic water bottle, you can take responsibility to refill it and use that plastic water bottle as long as you can. So it's like, that's where I think people can start and by starting to change that habit and you're like, okay, yeah, that took me a minute, but like I got it. And now it's like a part of my being. It's a part of the way I move through the world. Then other things start to change and you're like, okay, let me do a month experiment. I I encourage people to start by doing this thing for my birthday, which was a couple weeks ago. I posted, Hey, I don't want any presents or surprises. I want people to collect their trash for a month and send me a picture on October 1st and, and tell me about what they learned about their consumption habits and about trash. And I got a bunch of people to start doing it. Some of them are my friends. Some of them are just followers on Instagram, but there's gotta be at least a dozen people that I know of that are doing this. And it's called a waste audit. And so you just keep everything that you would put in the trash or recycling because recycling is not the answer. And you can't just be like, Oh, I'm recycling it. It's fine. It's like, that is some bullshit brainwashing that we have been fed to make us feel less bad. But that I promise you that plastic clamshell, it ain't going to get recycled. Mm -hmm. So if you want strawberries, you got to go to the farmer's market and you got to get them directly from the farmer. And if they're not in season, well then you probably shouldn't be eating them anyway. So, you know, like by getting free from trash, you're getting more in touch with the earth because you have to, because you don't just get to have whatever you want, whatever you want. And so by keeping your trash for a month and then laying it all out on a tarp and separating it into categories, you're like, okay, these are my consumption habits. These are the things I like. What could I do? How could I meet these needs without generating this much trash? And then you're able to actually have something physical that you can look at 
and you need to, you know, have your apology to the earth and be like, wow, I see now the brainwashing that I have allowed myself to, you know, it's happening to me. I see it Mm -hmm. and I know that there's another way and I am going to make moves because you don't save your trash and recycling for a month and then just like stay the same because (laughs) you're like, oh my God, the volume is unbelievable. I'm just one person. This is one month. This is insane. Wow. Um, Okay, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> so for the rest of the month, you can start now. I know you already probably made some trash the first couple days, but <laughs> at October 1st, you're going to text me. You're going to start saving all your trash. Everything. Receipts. Packaging. Like, business cards. If you go to a show and they put a wristband around your wrist. All of these different things. Like, is you taking responsibility being like, is there another way around this? And then you're going to figure it out because you're going to be changed. You, you will have seen the darkness before your eyes. It's not like there's this magical place where it just goes away anymore. You're like, what if I had to live with this? And so I kept all my trash for a year because I was trying not to make trash, but certainly there are still things that generate trash even when you're like not trying. Or one time, like I was on a plane and I forgot to like fill my water bottle up at the water fountain before, you know, because you can't bring your water Mm -hmm. bottle through security. You got to fill it up beforehand. Well, it was a five-hour flight, and I was like, I'm freaking out. I was like, I need to drink water. Like, I'm on this plane for five hours. And so I did end up getting an aluminum can water bottle. And I'll tell you what, I've never forgotten to fill up my water bottle on a plane again. Mm. Because I had that experience where I was like, you fucking know that you're supposed to fill up (laughs) your water bottle. But it's like, we forget, you know what I mean? And the same thing with my friend getting me the food. I wasn't like, fuck you for getting me this food. I was just like, other people are not on the level. They're not on our level. I love that. That is where they're Mm. at. And they were doing something for me that was a favor and I appreciate it. And so it's like, all we can do is our best each moment. But a lot of people's idea of their best is just not good enough Mm -hmm. because we need to be doing more. Like we only have a few, we're already so utterly fucked with the amount to which the temperature is raising on the planet because of what we've done through extraction and the misuse of resources Like, we need a massive change now, and that's why I talk about this so often, because there is no more important issue to me than the health of our planet. Like, Mm -hmm. we won't be able to talk about gender and immigration and all these issues if there's no planet and there's no water. Right. So I'm like, yo, we need to all get on this train, and we need to repent for our sins (laughs) and realize that, like, we were all brainwashed and forgive ourselves, but we need to move forward in a new way. Yeah. Now. I'm down with that. So I think that now's the perfect time to play our first road trip game. And I thought we could do like a quick fire this instead of that. So this is not only going to be like a fun little game, it's also going to be like an educational thing. So I'm going to say like a consumeristic thing. And then you can just like shout off the first like thing that you would do differently or okay, recommendation. Okay, cool. So we'll start easy like plastic bag. You can bring your own bag. You probably already have some bags at your house like... Uh, you know, the plastic bag thing has been something for a couple of years, but there's like bags that you would like put all your groceries in. And then there's bags that you would put like, for example, um, a bunch of mushrooms or some potatoes or five apples or something. Mm-hmm. So you can make cloth. You can get them. There's many websites. Look on Etsy for cloth produce bag. That's what I personally always prefer for people and recommend for them to like get on Etsy and type in their zip code and what they want and see if there's someone local who makes that thing and then support someone local, number one. And number two, you're not going to be using as much fossil fuel to ship something 
it's, if it's only coming from like your town or the next town over, or even like the next state over, as opposed to like being shipped from a different country or somewhere far away. And so that's how you're also like supporting independent business people, taking money away from the monopoly of large companies. But if you don't want to do that, there's also a company called Eco Bags that makes, you know, cotton reusable, washable produce bags. And so if you really are one of those people that wants to put things in a bag, you can do that. Or you can use like old cotton clothing that's kind of worn out or like old bed sheets that have a stain. Mm-hmm. Make your own cloth bags if you know how to sew. I mean, that's like basic home ec stuff. Like a fun kids game. Yeah, maybe you don't <laughs> know how to sew, but maybe your mom does or your grandma or your friend. And it can be like a fun experience where you're like actually having a human interaction and doing something together. You know, instead of just being like, oh, what are we going to do tonight? Oh, let's just like go out to eat and like or like order out food and stay in and watch Netflix. Like, yes, sure. That's something you could do. But like, what if you were like, we're going to go to the farmer's market. We're going to bring our own bags. We're going to get this beautiful local produce, talk to the farmer or person who grew it, give them our money directly, go home, make this beautiful meal and like make cloth produce bags so that we can like be better. Like which thing are you going to remember in the long mm-hmm. run? Are you going to remember that night that you Netflix and chilled? Are you going to remember the night where you like made a direct community action? And like now you have these bags for the rest of your life and you're going to like remember that beautiful night that you spent with your friend or loved one or by yourself, whatever. So yeah, there's different kinds of bags and also the thrift store. Like I'm a big bag person. I like all different pouches of different sizes and da 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 because you're always having stuff that you need to like move around. And I never want to just like put it in a plastic Ziploc bag or something. If I can help it, I want to just like, I want everything in my life to be beautiful and meaningful. And like, I want to be connected to it. And so bags of all different sizes for all different reasons can be made or acquired. Or you can also like something that I call a single use t-shirt you know, like a 5k run that you did that one time. Mm. And now you have this t-shirt with some like bogus screen print on it. You're like, what am I going to do with this? I'm never going to wear this again. Maybe I'll wear it to the gym. Maybe I'll wear it to sleep, but like whatever. People usually have so many of those kind of things in America. Those are the perfect things to like cut up and make into produce bags because maybe you want to have the sentimental attachment to this shirt of this thing that was meaningful, but you don't need it to be a shirt. What you really need is to have more cloth bags. And so that's an option. I love that. Now, my hope and dream was that it was going to be quick fire. It didn't happen that way, but I'm really grateful. Okay, for I'll it. go faster on that one. But bags is so elaborate. <laughs> I know, I know. I thought it was going to be easy. But uh, but I loved that you shared all of that. And I also appreciate your passion. Like, you can see through it. Okay, toilet paper. Um, you can get toilet paper in wrapped in paper and don't get the big thing that's like a giant plastic thing. Or what I do for pee is I took an old flannel sheet, cut it up into squares, and then I use to wipe for pee that, and then I just wash it on hot with my towels. Oh, okay. I love that. Um, What about, like, dog poop pickup things? Oof, okay. So one of my (laughs) weaknesses in the zero waste, uh, you know, way is pets, babies, and transportation. Those are areas that are a lot harder. And so how do you pick up your dog poop? Ooh, man. I don't know. See, I don't even, like, believe in domesticated animals. So dog poop is not something that I Beautiful. I love... Ever. Okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> well, talk, talk about the babies and the, the transportation then. Well, no. I mean, like, those are topics that I don't really know about. Like, oh. I still drive a car that uses gasoline because... 
I'm doing these jobs in different cities and I need to like transport a bunch of stuff to Mm -hmm. these locations. So I did buy the most fuel efficient small vehicle that I could, where I could still move when I needed to move and sleep in it and have my personal stuff in it. So, you know, that, that's the way that I handled that. But ultimately they don't make, um, Tesla vans, right? nor could I afford one anyway. So it's like also, you know, cell phones, Mm -hmm. like there's certain ways where it's like, okay, I could go completely off the grid and have no influence on society or I could be absolutely like as minimal as I can and be using my energy and resources to like teach other people how to break free from these capitalist mind control, you know, situations mm-hmm. that we're all facing. And so, um, yeah, but pets and babies are not things that I personally have. Same thing with alcohol. People are like, oh, what about alcohol? I'm like, I don't drink alcohol. I'm like, I don't know, go to the bar and get a beer on tap. Like, brew your own I don't know that's like a whole other world where yeah. like I don't have all the answers for that mm. well I appreciate you sharing and owning up to the fact that you don't have all the answers yeah. this, this is a beautiful beautiful example of just owning your shit so okay so we're just gonna hop into our next road trip game because this is a game that I play with every single person and um, we're gonna play fuck Mary kill now the way that you play this game, because you already expressed that you have no idea what I'm talking about. You look at me like a crazy person. So you say fuck and self-love in the same sentence, Paul. <laughs> um, basically, what is this? I'm going to give you three things, and you have to choose one that you would fuck, one that you would marry, and one that you would kill. Okay? And, these, mm. and, and normally you play it with people, but we don't have time for a PR scandal here on the road to self-love. So <laughs> we are going to play it with inanimate objects, and we are going to play fuck, marry, kill, plastic, paper, cloth. Okay, well, obviously, fuck plastic. Are you sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. You wouldn't kill plastic. Oh, oh, oh. Go kill. Like, fuck, like, have a passionate love affair. Oh! <laughs> like, oh. in that sense of the word. Okay, well, then, yes. Kill plastic. Oh, uh, but marry and fuck. I mean, ooh, then you're getting into the institution of marriage, and what is the difference between <laughs> fucking and marrying someone? <laughs> Because cloth and paper, it's like, baby, I love you both. I mean, I would have you both in different ways at different times. So I guess I would marry cloth and I would fuck paper. Mm, Love it. Love it. Love that for you. So good. Um, Thank you for indulging in our fuck, marry, kill fun. Um, I love how you're like, what that? That was amazing. You're the best. So... um, as we wind down, I would love to know, what does self-love mean to you? Well, as I was saying earlier about not being brainwashed by the society or your family or your religion, like whatever these external sources are that are trying to tell you what it means to be a person, what it means to be beautiful, what it means to be worthy and successful, and like all these things, like these big concepts that are so personal, like, how could there be any one definition for love, success, you know, these kind of things. And so I think that self-love has to be something where it's free from any kind of codependent, um, validation seeking notions where you are looking for something external to make you feel like you are okay Mm -hmm. because you are you, you didn't ask to be born He didn't ask to be born where and when and to which skin color and which body type and all of that. But you still are here. 
And so the reason, a lot of the reason why people feel bad about themselves in general is because we're taught, if you don't look like this tall, skinny white lady or this Calvin Klein model with a six pack and perfect straight brown sleek hair, well then you might as well just fucking kill yourself because no one will ever love you because you are not this particular vision of success that we use to sell products that you feel shitty about yourself. And so I feel like being not only at peace with yourself, but like cherishing yourself and honoring your gifts and being true to what moves you and what makes you happy. That is a political act because you're saying, no, I'm not going to subscribe to this self-hatred that is really just about selling me products because people probably did not hate themselves nearly as much as they do now without capitalism. Like capitalism, what it does is it creates a problem and then it sells you a solution. Mm -hmm. So it's like self-hatred is one of the problems that they've created so that you will buy makeup, diet pills, fashion, a, a faster car, a bigger house, all these things. And you're like, oh, I am worthy because I have all these things. When really I try and think about like, what would I feel about myself if I was naked with my head shaved, no jewelry, no makeup, no accoutrement, no possessions, just naked in the void. Like, who am I? And like, can I love that person? And what does that person have to offer? What are their skills and gifts and, you know, all this. And so when you take away all the signifiers and just get, get honest with yourself about well, what is that naked and shaved head person? Like, what are they bringing? Like, are they a good person? Are they a good friend? Do they take care of their friends and family? Do they take care of themselves? Do they make sure that their needs are met before they just like give all of their life force energy to somebody else? Like all of these different ways, like that we have positive self-talk is helping us have a positive self image as opposed to letting those external voices of judgment and social conditioning with an agenda. Self-love doesn't have an agenda besides love yourself. Like no one else is like profiting or benefiting. I mean, people do benefit when you love yourself because then you're generally happier, kinder and more pleasant to be around and your energy is radiating out and like influencing other people. And so the more that people can cultivate a practice of I love me and I'm a work in progress and I am doing my best, you know, for the earth, for my friends, for my community, at my job, whatever it may be. And being, um, loving yourself on the journey because yeah, it is easy. Like going back to the trash thing to be like, Oh, I feel guilty. I feel bad, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, but ultimately you have to live with the decisions you make and our actions ripple out and affect other people. So the more responsibility that we can take to care for ourselves in the highest way that we have access to, that is going to influence the people around us. And so it, it really does benefit everyone. The more people that can love themselves and not be looking to others to make them feel like they should wake up in the morning and they have a purpose. I, if I could take off my lav mic and drop it, <laughs> that was a mic drop moment. Wow. It's funny because one of the exercises I have my clients do is that exercise of like standing. Imagine you were standing in the middle of the, the world and you were the only person left and you were the last person. Like, what would you do? And people mm. were like, uh, I, um, 
And I was like, that's what we're going to discover together. Mm. So um, that's beautiful. Where can everyone find you, Corinne? So mainly I post on Instagram. My Instagram is Corinne Loperfito, C-O-R-I-N-N-E-L-O-P-E-R-F-I-D-O. And also um, I do events and interactive experiences under the name Pussy Powerhouse. And that is spelled Pussy Powerhouse. But Pussy is spelled with a V because you can't say Pussy on Instagram. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's where I kind of post more kind of like political stuff about women's empowerment and abortion access and like destigmatizing sexuality and you know all these different ways that we can show up in the world both men and women like how can we support women's empowerment because the the suppression of women and the suppression of the earth they harm everybody because everyone came from a woman and everyone's going to return to mother earth so no matter what your personal relationship is in the day-to-day with women, like, that is still a part of the beginning and end of your life. And so, um, you know, I I talk about that kind of stuff there and also do events. I travel all over the country and produce different pop-up events at festivals or in cities or I'm trying to do more things on urban farms now to raise awareness about Mm -hmm. food and cycles and produce and, you know, soil health and all that stuff. So, um, and then every once in a while I update my website, CorinneLoperfito.com, but definitely Instagram is the best way. And then on my website, I have a mailing list as well. So people can sign up for that and find out when I'm going to be doing an online class or an in-person event or stuff like that. Wow. Well, thank you so much for all of that information. And we'll definitely leave it all in the show notes. Guys, if you were inspired by anything Corinne says, I know I'm going to her workshop later tonight and I can't wait to share and I can't wait to to do the waste audit as well. My husband's going to love that. Um, I was being sarcastic. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're changing one person at a time. Yep. I'm going to be a leader in this community. Yes, so exactly. I appreciate you sharing space and I appreciate you agreeing to be on the show and there are, I have so many more questions, but we've reached our destination. So thank you so much for joining us on the road to self-love, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Bye. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Thank you so much for joining me on the road to self-love. It means so much to me that you show up every week to experience these transformative conversations and truly learn how to love yourself from all different points and aspects of life. Now, with that being said, I would be honored if you would be willing to rate and review the show. Better yet, if you subscribe and even share this podcast with one person, it will supply a massive domino effect of these messages reaching so many people who desperately need to hear these words. So if you feel like joining the self-love fam, do that right here now. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. And most importantly, remember that you are worth it, you deserve it, and you are not alone. We'll see you next time on the road to self-love.